What's happening, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today's a really exciting episode. This is another Patreon-suggested topic, but it's one that Carl and I are so thrilled to be working on. Carl, why don't you explain today's episode a little bit? This is going to be music that sounds familiar and sounds classic, but there's a chance that a lot of you haven't heard this before. We're going to focus on two RPG scores for the Super Nintendo that were developed by HAL and that were composed by Jun Ishikawa, the Kirby composer. So this is kind of like if there were two Kirby RPGs. Uh, That is going to be what we're focusing on today. So there's definitely a lot of similarities. Uh, I mean, Joni Shikawa has a pretty unmistakable sound, so even when he's going for a different genre, such as the case is today, he just can't help but be himself. So this is going to be really outstanding, slightly more obscure HAL music. And the two titles we have today are Arcana, as well as Alkahest. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's almost as though uh, our lovable Kirby became an RPG hero. I just picture <laughs> him, you know, all, all decked out, almost like in like Link's outfit, but just yeah. his little pudgy self. Because there's, there's a spirit of joy and optimism that Ishikawa-san that yeah. Ishikawa-san's music has. Uh, part of that is maybe just association. It might also be some of the similar instruments and samples that we'll probably recognize yeah, from the Kirby series. Definitely. But, you know, what's so great is in some one of the things we've talked about that series before is the musical consistency across titles. So what's going to be fun about today's episode is that um, really the uh, the style is so different from Kirby music, but it's the, For the, most the voice part. of the composer that is is the same. So it'll, I think it'll be really interesting because this he, he is a composer who is really so associated with one series like mm-hmm. uh, almost unlike any other famous game composer it's like it, he is the kirby guy i guess you could say like you know go itch nose or like some of the pokemon uh guys have that similar quality but i yeah so today's episode is going to be really fun because i actually wasn't familiar with these titles i think that's I, cool. I, the, the names are somewhat familiar like as i've games, shared a couple things but... over the years on show and tells uh and so there, there's a couple tracks that you might be familiar with will but yeah it's just interesting that hal made these two games in the super nintendo era they are both rpgs but i think each of them is kind of a different subset of rpgs um it looked like arcana came out in 92 and then alkahest came out in 93 now for Alkahest, it was just a solo Juni Shikawa score, but I should mention that Arcana, uh, which we're starting off our episode on, was he was also joined by Hirokazu Ando. So ah. yeah, <laughs> that's that's really cool. What you guys started playing in was actually from Alkahest, which we're going to get to in the second half of the episode. But that was Imperial Palace. A really exciting way to start off the day. It looks like there was another translation for uh, the first game we're doing today, Arcana. I see that it's also known as Cardmaster, so maybe we can keep that in mind. What do you say, Will? Should we just dive into some great music? Let's do it. Okay, let's start things off with our story's name from Arcana for the Super Nintendo, composed by Juni Shikawa and Hirokazu Ando. Thank you. 
very beautiful and mysterious. You guys are listening to Our Story's Name. This is from Arcana. It's so great that we're able to focus on two kind of underrated, more obscure works uh, from Joni Shikawa primarily. He was the primary composer for this game. He was joined by Ando, but I think most of the tracks we're playing today were Ishikawa compositions, and then the second game we're playing all Ishikawa, Ishikawa compositions. This is really beautiful. This track, even though, like Will said before, the style, the genre maybe that Ishikawa was going for is very different from a lot of the stuff that would fit for Kirby. He does have that really interesting sound and style. I mean, in this track, what I was noticing that reminded me of the Kirby series is how this piece kind of modulates and and dances around. Uh, It actually does remind me. There there is kind of a jazziness to to this track. Definitely. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, that the, the first half of it, is very distinct from the Kirby music. I mean, it's it's a gorgeous palette. That sort of uh, minor melody that flirts with Dorian, but it also flirts with the other minor modes like Aeolian and Phrygian. Mm-hmm. But what's really interesting about this arrangement is that you know you can hear how pianistic it is. That it's like the melody is like right hand of the piano, and the accompaniment's like left hand of the piano. But the way he's arranged it with that flute sound on the melody, it sounds evocative of other RPGs we've heard. But what's really interesting is having that string sample, that bowed arco string sample for that arpeggio because that's, I love that. I, I'd say a little bit less common. Normally I would imagine like a harp or piano or or something with a, a shorter sustain, but it mm. gives it a very it, like orchestral feel that it has this sort of frenzied kind of um, frenetic bowing. There's a couple of pieces, I think particularly in Arcana, that remind me of the Zelda series. So I have a feeling that that was one of the series that Ishikawa was really maybe inspired by for the music at least uh, particularly with arcana um what's interesting is it feels like alkahest is a little bit more similar to not not that it not that it's the same style as kirby music but it's closer to me than than the stuff that he did for arcana but yeah that's a beautiful track um now i've over the years i think i've shared one or two pieces from maybe both of these games and i think there might have also been something on either a marcado or a listener show and tell um, but yeah, man, that is a, that's a strong one there. Yeah, that was really fun. I, I, I really admired that melody and it's interesting that B section, there's just a couple splashes of where you almost get the sense of like the fusion-y chord vocabulary of the SNES Kirby games, but yeah. just a dab of it. Like overall, mm-hmm. it's still in that sort of filmic classical sort of romantic language. This next track is definitely a companion to what we just heard. It happens next in the soundtrack, and I can only imagine that it's like a one-two punch in the game. And so similar arrangement, similar sound. Let's take a listen to Prologue to the Tale.
really well done. You guys are listening to Prologue to the Tale, a very imaginative piece on the Super Nintendo. This is from Arcana. Now, it should be noted that this game came out the same year that the first Kirby game did, 1992. And so, yeah, that was a pretty banner year for, for Jun Ishikawa. Uh, yeah, this track, it, it kind of has some of the qualities that we lauded on our story's name, but it's a little bit longer of a piece. It kind of explores some new direction. Uh, I have a, uh, some sort of faint memory of some episode when I put together our story's name with Prologue to the Tale. Maybe I'm just imagining that, or maybe I was thinking about kind of combining them today. But in any case, uh, it is a really nice one-two punch today. It's fantastic. I, I agree with you. It's such imaginative writing. Uh, there's sounds elements of this. Yeah, harmonically and melodically, this sort of Dorian modal thing, reminiscent of other game music for sure, but a really interesting approach. Such unique colors. And I guess like the arrangement or the orchestration on the Super Nintendo is awesome. Just how many different colors and timbres he's able to evoke in such a short space of time, getting the pizzicato strings, the bowing. It's also, it's very episodic. It's kind of like film music in that way or like old school film music where it's not just kind of one vamp throughout the whole thing. Yeah. It has these different pockets of ideas. Uh, and I think that that kind of colorful approach to writing, that very orchestral film music style of writing that was popular with a lot of Super Nintendo RPGs really helps sell the drama and the the kind of epic quality of the overall experience because the music feels like, you know, underscore that you've heard in fantasy well, movies. The last thing I wanted to praise, and we're going to talk about this a lot today, is how this sounds on the Super Nintendo. It's such a clean, nice use of samples and i think it's very impressive because dreamland 3 is kind of one of the gold standard scores on the super nintendo it's a very popular score for people to use samples from right and obviously it sounds outstanding that came out i think in 1997 uh and then superstar was i think only a year before that so it's about four years before he would return to the system uh for the kirby series and he's already just feeling like he's a master on this system so yeah really outstanding sound here today let's move on the next track on our playlist is called the legend again from arcana here we go beautiful and emotional piece. This is The Legend from Arcana. I believe this was composed by Jun Ishikawa, but this could have been composed by Hirokazu Ando. 
uh, Ando did join in on this first RPG we're focusing on today. I really love the portamento, those slides in the string chords are really pretty uh, and kind of mysterious. I, I love the chord changes. It's a beautiful melody. It's interesting, the energy level is kind of low starting off uh, at least the score, the tracks that we're, we're playing today. And that is something that's interesting about these two scores is there's, there's don't worry guys, there's plenty of moments of higher energy today, but at least compared to what we get in the Kirby series, uh, it's going to be a little bit more of a chilled out episode today. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I, I do think contextually though, it's like when we're comparing this to Kirby, yes, more chilled out, much less cutesy, but I think relative to your sort of uh, stock, generic, expected SNES RPG, there's a lot more um, timbres and sounds that are in the sort of plucky and cute domain, like hearing those pizzicato strings plenty and those of really today. sort of like, yeah, those like general MIDI sounding pits that are very kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's almost like that sort of dry, close, very cute cartoonish quality. And there's a sense of optimism to a lot of this music. Yeah. So even in the chilled out stuff, it has it has more energy. It's not it doesn't just feel like a, a dirge or like a ballad mm-hmm. kind of it, it has a little bit of sparkle to it. Well, this next track we're gonna play is maybe the most positive so far. It's called Rhinol Generous Hermit. I think it's very beautiful, and I think Will particularly is going to enjoy this one. Let's take a listen to this from Arcana. Love this. You guys are listening to Rhinol, Generous Hermit, composed, I think, by Joni Ishikawa. I don't have specific crediting for this first score, um, but it sounds a lot like him. This is from Arcana. And yeah, I mean, Ishikawa on these great bell instruments uh, for the Super Nintendo is so classic. I love the instruments on here, the use of vibrato. It's a very beautiful kind of filmic character style theme. Uh, reminds me of of some maybe 80s 90s film music but more video gamey so good yeah I, I, again it's that great balance of like a, a sweeping and gorgeous melody but a sort of plucky accompaniment 
line, but really interesting harmonic choices, particularly in the, right. the turnaround or like the halfway point. There's that very, very interesting cool. kind of like angular series of notes. That bum 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 bum. It was like yeah. really fascinating. This, this piece, beautiful choices. Will this piece reminded me of you? Uh, it seems like something you would, at the very least, enjoy, but maybe even compose. That's awesome. I mean, I take that as a great compliment. Uh, it has a lot of the things that I love in a piece of music, which is an interesting harmonic shape, but a very like simple and pure melody with a, a striking, you know, first three or four notes. You know, yeah, yeah da 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 da. Like that, that, it's a very identifiable set of pitches but it, yeah. it goes on a sort of nice sweet harmonic journey where it isn't just you can't necessarily predict every single moment of it mm -hmm. but there's enough of it that feels like satisfying and expected too indeed well now let's move on to something a little more energetic this is called conflict and i imagine it's some sort of boss or battle theme in the game some interesting percussion samples on this one i like this let's take a listen to conflict So good. You guys are listening to Conflict from Arcana. This is the first on the day that I could see being composed by Ando, just because it actually reminds me of some of his more recent uh, Kirby battle themes, uh, even like the most recent Kirby Spotlight episode we had, some of that battle music. But it, you know, one of the first games that either of these two people worked on in their careers, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, it's actually music that I think is kind of ahead of the curve in a lot of ways. Very much, yeah. This is probably the most Kirby-sounding one in terms of <laughs> arrangement and style that we've yep. heard so far. Some that of those harmonized, do -do 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 -do. those harmonized yeah, arpeggios. It's really active and delightful, but you know, in one of the qualities of the SNES Kirby music is that it, it does tend to go in... Um, I guess other stylistic directions than the the um, the NES titles and the Game Boy uh, Kirby games. It, yeah. it tends to have some of the more chilled out kind of funk fusiony tracks. This isn't necessarily an example of something in that style, but I do think it shows Ishikawa and and Hirokazu Ando's range as composers. I agree. Um, uh, yeah, th this is a really interesting example because um, it's harmonically and melodically very different than Kirby, but arrangement-wise, it's sort of like identical. It, energy it's wise. interesting. Uh, I, I, um, you know, I really love Richard Rogers, the great old American songwriter, uh, and I found this interesting interview with him around the time of like Sound of Music. It was a radio interview, and uh, the the guy is like a huge Rogers and Hart 
nerd. So he's asking him about all these old songs from like the 20s, early right. 30s, seeing if Rogers remembers them. And he plays and sings a lot of them at the piano. But what was interesting is he played every single song like exactly the same way, the same kind hmm. of accompaniment. He's a good pianist, but they all had that sort of like very cute, <laughs> like foxtrot harmony. Even like a sweet, tender ballad had this sort of <laughs> mm-ja, mm-ja, right. mm-ja, in like the same technique and approach to uh, playing it. And it's interesting because I sort of think about that sometimes as like, you know, a song is more abstract, but the way it's presented says something about the musician. And yeah, I, feel I like think that's this is true. we're getting Ishikawa, you know, we're getting <laughs> that personality in the presentation of this theme. Well, if you thought that reminded you even slightly of the Kirby series, just wait for this one. Almost everything about this reminds me of Kirby. It's really good. This is, <laughs> maybe except the title. The title of this is Death of a Loved One. Here we go. You guys are listening to Death of a Loved One, and that intro uh, was so striking to me, really reminded me of the Kirby series. I mean, that pan flute sample is is identical to to what they would go back to uh, later in the Kirby series. But even that that main section, I feel like if you increased the tempo and added some drums, that would be a perfect map theme. Um, It's very beautiful, but there's something about this that reminds me of the Kirby series. But in any case, it's a very beautiful piece of music. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And another interesting example of like we were talking before, uh, melodically, like on piano, you wouldn't necessarily think of Kirby with this. Uh, yeah, and it would feel. But those it bell instruments, I mean, like, oh yeah, my the God. arrangement. I mean, like the harmonized flute staccatos, that chimey bell synth. Uh, these are all things that so Kirby-ish. We associate with like you know, uh, yeah, Dreamland Three or whatever. It's. Uh, it's it's a it's fascinating. I mean, this would be at home in a Kirby game. This would be a yes. great like game over theme uh-huh. or a map theme for like a cloud world or something. Absolutely, yeah. It's really cool to hear moments like this, but to also hear moments uh, that don't sound almost anything like the Kirby series. These wonderful composers that we know and we've known for so long, and we know their music that. It, not that they can only do one style, but there's this overall energy that the Kirby series has. To hear this stuff is, is just a real treat, and so I'm, I'm glad we can focus on this today. All right, let's move on. The next track we're going to play is called Shrine for the Worship of Chaos.
God, this is good. My favorite so far, this is Shrine for the Worship of Chaos. No doubt uh, composed by Ishikawa. A very similar and familiar arrangement. Um, an SNES arrangement. Very similar to what he would do in Dreamland 3. Again, you have those really fast-moving, harmonized arpeggios. Uh, a lot of times, you know, modulating and doing some really extended chords. Really cool. It's nice to hear a little more of a filmic influence. But, you know, it can't... It can't help but feel like Kirby music. I mean, part of it is you're hearing it on the Super Nintendo with very similar samples, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I love that this music reminds me of the Kirby series, but there's something about it that is a little more unique and special. It's it's a real treat. Yeah, this is one that won me over, I'd say. Like, oh, nice. At the beginning, I, I sort of felt like... Um, that that incessant kind of arpeggiated chord wasn't <laughs> wasn't really I don't know helping the vibe in the style of this particular track. It, it gave it sort of a rough around the edges sort of amateur feeling where it's like in the Kirby series, yeah, it sounds it sounds childlike and playful. But in this context, since it was going for something more chromatic, yeah, almost a la like the Castlevania series. It came across as it, 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 it. I think it communicated the wrong aesthetic. But then once it got into that B section with those really interesting so chords, beautiful. I, I think I started to get the appeal of the track. But yeah, again, this is one that I think would actually be better placed in the Kirby series. <laughs> like this would be a good Halloween level in Kirby. But it's That's like funny. it's so lighthearted. It's so childish. And I don't know the game. Maybe the game is sort of humorous and doesn't take itself too seriously. But oh, it definitely doesn't one, sound like any other RPG. That's a, there's no doubt it's a quirky piece of music. Um, now, this is a possible choice for Track of the Week. It's one of my favorites of the day, and so we can consider it as we proceed. Looks like we only have two more tracks today from Arcana before we move on to the second title that we're focusing on today. But in any case, let's take a listen to Second Armageddon. I'm sorry, but to me, it's over. The case closed. Track of the week, right, Will? Uh, oh, this no is kidding. So, so good. So energetic and fun. Second Armageddon from Arcana. No doubt. I'm sorry, but there's no doubt it's composed by Juni Shikau. I don't need any other proof. Uh, everything about this reminds me of why I love Ishikawa so much and is such a unique voice in VGM. Uh, but what's so cool about this track is while it contains all of those elements, it doesn't sound like Kirby music compositionally. 
melodically, it, it sounds like classic video game music. It's like a great battle theme here. Um, and the arrangement couldn't be more Kirby. But again, when you put it all together, it's actually something that's unique and it's on its own. And I'm so glad that that it found a home in, in this game. This is one of the first... I don't know if this came out before Kirby's Dreamland or if Kirby's Dreamland came out before this or if he was working on both around the same time but yeah oh my god this this is such a delight this yeah this is delightful i mean every chord every melodic turn it's really fantastic and i agree carl it it all adds up to something very unique you know uh-huh. you, you hear the elements of kind of the, the the arrangement style and the that tempo, yeah, yeah, uh, and some of the melodic rhythm, da 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 da, da the sort of march-like rhythms that are evocative of that. They're kind of and cute. then that fine that one cadence right after the A section, dun, 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 that also sounds Kirby-ish. Yeah, but and also it's like some of the 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 surprising chords or the like modulating or tonicizing a new key for the B mm-hmm. section. It's the kind of thing that we hear in the Super Nintendo Kirby games, but you know, it doesn't necessarily make me think Kirby. I just think, you know, great infectious melodic game music of the 90s like it, yeah it, it, it has a, a more general palette this sounds like something this is an all-time that, classic i mean not objectively but this is the kind like of track that i would love to to make something that's like sort of blurs the line i would love between, to cover this man yeah oh man it's just this so catchy just so and, good and i like that how confident it is that it just it, it it's totally the, you know when you talk about the sound of game music this is it <laughs> uh, you know it's like yeah. a catchy minor rocking thing that's also kind of cute and very poppy with some surprising jazz chord changes and quirky blend of electronic and you know sampled sounds like this is game music through and through well there you go track of the week folks It's my favorite. Absolutely. Okay, we're, we're playing one more track from Arcana, and it's something that happens near the end of the game, some sort of ending-ish theme. Very filmic, very fun. This is the Symphony of Elemen. You guys listening to the Symphony of Elemen, it's such a great piece of music. And one of the things that, one of the many things that is so inspirational and educational, going back and listening to um, SNES music by these two wonderful composers, is such economical arrangements. They only have, at the most, eight channels. A lot of times they're not even using all eight of those channels. And the use of harmonized arpeggios is so great. I mean, 
They have it happening twice in this piece. They have a slower line on strings that is harmonized. So there's two channels happening there. And then they have fast flutes that are harmonized doing arpeggios. Um, And that conveys so much of the chord information. It really makes the piece feel vast and full. Uh, What a great piece of music. Yeah, I agree. This is also sort of delightful. And one thing that I'm noticing on all of these tracks is moments of sparkle and surprise in the harmony. Um, there's, There's so many kind of great chord changes that I associate with game music um whether it's that sort of morishita-esque chord that i think of as sort of like in a minor key where you take the um borrow the six from major or in a major key you know the sound of like the minor four over the flat seven uh i know these are sort of like nerdy technical things but there there's certain chord changes that crop up in in game music um, uh, fairly often and they, they just add a little bit of sparkle. I mean, another yeah. kind of great harmonic technique is like, let's say you're um, doing a, a minor five chord. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, let's say you're, so you're in like C minor uh, and then you have a, a five chord, but you're keeping it minor. So it's not the classical sound. It's that sort of modal sound. But then if you add the ninth in there, you're kind of evoking Dorian at the mm-hmm. same time. So if you go ya da da da, ya da da da, that sort of sound like that to me makes me think of game music a little bit, where it's kind of like interchanging modes and that that colorful sound where it's like you're getting to some complexity through something simple. It's like keeping the shape of the sequence the same or yeah. keeping the pattern of the arpeggio the same, but just shifting the chord. And I feel like that's, you can kind of hear that's almost like how Ishikawa arrives at these moments where it's like, rather than just staying within one key, he's like, well, let's take this idea and put it over here. And you get this great moment of sparkle, but it, it doesn't feel like it's coming from left field. It feels like it's prepared because melodically everything is so natural. Right, man, what a great score. And I'm so excited to move on to the second one of the day, which is also outstanding. I really can't decide which one I like more. This is a solo Ishikawa score. It's Alkahest, which I believe came out a year after Arcana. And we have nine tracks left on our episode, all from Alkahest. And so I'm really excited. Let's start off with the main theme composed by Jun Ishikawa. Awesome. <laughs> what a knockout theme. You guys are listening to the main theme from Alka Hest. And Ishikawa is not missing a beat. 
this feels like it's the exact same musical world. I mean, this could all be one game. We could fool you guys uh, that don't know, and we could just call this whole episode Arcana or call the whole episode Alkahest. It's it's so cohesive with what he established in Arcana, but there's some tracks to come, which I'm really excited for, that definitely go into some different directions. What a killer theme, though. Yeah, this is like Zelda meets Kirby. Uh, Truly. Like, harmonically, it's very Zelda, how dreamy and impressionistic it is, every chord being a major seventh and kind of using that paintbrush. But the arrangement, the tempo. Evoke, yeah, and that sort of really the kind groove. of cool syncopated. It's really not syncopated, but it implies a certain kind of groove. It, it's actually the kind of pattern that, like, it makes me think of, like, John Williams. Like, if you think of, like, the E.T. theme, yeah, this is, like, the pattern that the French horns are doing. I think his are probably more like... It's, like, a slightly more of the, like, march thing with including triplets and stuff in there. But in general, I love that sort of, like... Uh, you skip the first eighth note or skip the first sixteenth note, kind of a thing. It, it, it's it, groovy. It's a great way of yeah, like splitting up um, the I downbeat. Love, I love to very simple sounds. main themes like that. Very direct. Uh, it does not take its time. It's just coming in, coming out, giving you everything you'd want. Really effective. Yeah, main that's theme. A, that's a good point. Like, there's no intro. There's no pickup. There's it's not like boom, two measures of a da 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 da. You're just thrown into the world. Right away. Right away. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I think that's something that uh, we have to remind ourselves as composers to feel free to do more often. Because I think yeah. like the the um the more music you write, the more you feel like oh, sometimes everything needs an intro or it needs like <laughs> a drum fill to lead that, into yeah. it. Or y- you know, you want to have form that communicates something interesting. But it's incredibly powerful to start at a high point it, yeah. it's kind of like the effect of in movies you think of star wars like the in medias res like start in the middle of some other action uh and then eventually maybe you can bring the energy down but it's really effective to just it is grab a good reminder. your attention right away well this is another one of the pieces that happens early on in the game it's called the legend of alcast here we go Outstanding, unique piece of music. This is the legend of Alkahest. I love that second section 
the march. It's just a really great arrangement, great implementation. Yeah. Use of delay, use of stereo panning. It just sounds really good. It's one of those confident pieces of Super Nintendo music, and Ishikawa has a lot of them, where I'm not really that interested in hearing some other you know, cover or arrangement of it, because it just sounds so so charming, so confident. Um, it's, it's a piece of music that would be great to cover, but... It doesn't need it. It's, this is the definitive version. Yeah, you know, this actually reminds me almost of like the Octopath Traveler sound, or it's like it, it's more in the that. like Chrono Trigger kind of vibe. Uh, Very RPG. Like if the last one was like Kirby meets Zelda, this is almost like Chrono Trigger meets like. F-Zero menu music. I know oh, this probably wow. sounds like super random and nerdy. I think nerdy, that's kind of on the nose, though. But, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, there's actually quite a bit of diversity that we've already heard today and that we're going to continue to hear, which is so cool. And and I do have to mention that it's it's pretty obvious, but we didn't have time to play every single track from these two scores. Um, and so I tried to pick the best stuff, but there's definitely uh, different directions that we don't have time today. So if you are a fan of what you're hearing, definitely check out both of these scores because they're really good. Let's move on. This next one is called Panakian Temple. Holy modulations, Batman. Uh, very <laughs> jazzy. Very cool. I mean, one of the things that Ishikawa is a master of is the baseline writing. So funky and active. This is an interesting one. It's very quirky. This is Panakian Temple. Uh, there's elements of this that... I, I like this track. I, I don't want to criticize it, but uh, there's elements of this where it kind of feels like Ishikawa is kind of soloing and noodling around a little bit. Everything doesn't have as much... I guess logic to it as something like Second Armageddon does, for example. But it's a it's a great piece of music. It's very imaginative and fun. Great for background music. Very colorful. That's a good point. Yeah, and I think like some of the tracks we called out before, there's not a, I, there's not a high regard for you know the taste and restraint of when not to do, <laughs> you know the kinds yeah. of things that this composer likes to do. But I also think we have to remember it was such a different concept of the role and the function of game music, and even kind of how we viewed video games at that time it was yeah. still such a new medium they were still more on the sort of like toys for children side of things. well i think if you view this with a historical lens i think it's incredibly impressive there wasn't uh any other score that sounded like this in 1993 for video games uh i mean yes i love ishikawa and you know when i have known and loved Dreamland 3 and Superstar for so long, I listened to this, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of hearing some of those same things. But it was years ahead of that, 
in an RPG, it just doesn't really remind me of anything else that was happening. And so, yeah, I do think this music is very ahead of the curve and it needs to be celebrated for sure. Definitely. Quite underrated as well, at least today. Okay, let's move on. The next we're going to play from Alcahest. I hope I'm saying that right, by the way. It's spelled A-L-C-A-H-E-S-T. So it's either Alcahest or Alcahest, which I think would be silly, but... It's got to be Alcahest because it's like alchemy. In any, in any case, let's play General of the Empire. Quirky, quirky, quirky. This is General of the Empire from Alcahest, composed by Jun Ishikawa. It sounds to me uh, like it's it's battle music, so I don't know if you're battling the general or uh, it just, you know, it ha- does have a, a militaristic energy to it uh, either way. But yeah, I mean, when Jun Ishikawa is going for, I'll just, you know, broadly say boss music or battle music, he gets so proggy and so out there, experimental. I really love it. There's a cuteness to it as well, and part of that is from the Super Nintendo samples. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of charm in a track like this. It's very quirky. Yeah, very quirky. And it also makes me think of... Uh, it puts the curvy music in an interesting context because right. some of the aesthetic choices are clearly very intentional, but some of them... Not to say they're unintentional, but they're more of a byproduct of those composers' instincts and maybe some of the music that really inspired them. So mm-hmm. like that that kind of accompaniment that oscillating between the third thing and all of the the short articulations that everything has there's not a lot of long held things other than some of those string lines, but it it's a lot of uh energy by these things yeah. with a big transient and not much sustain. Uh and some of that it's like it makes sense why someone would do that for Kirby, but maybe it makes a little bit less sense in this context, but it's still really cool. But yeah. I think it, it it starts to highlight maybe like this is the kind of music that is maybe uh, Ishikawa wants to express, you know, that it's like this is this is more of the um, we're hearing his voice coming through. And it does for sort sure. of put the Kirby music in a context of like, you know, it, it works so well, but some of this maybe isn't as uh it isn't just purely done because of the character of the game it's something that that composer is bringing to the table well the next two tracks we're playing are both location themes and one cool thing about alcahest is the continuity between all of the location themes we played that temple theme we're going to play this trail followed by the spaceship theme and all of the different locations They all have a similar arrangement and a similar vibe to them. Let's move on to Mountain Trail from Alcahest.
Ishikawa, his chord changes, modulations, how he gets back to the loop. He kind of follows his own rules, doesn't he? I mean, it's <laughs> it's so bold and unique. Unmistakable Ishikawa. This is so good. Mountain Trail. Yeah, really interesting. I mean, I feel sort of the same things that I was saying about the last track could be applied to this. Um, and about all the music today where it's like it, it harmonically and the, the ideas, like at the piano ideas, um, have this sort of high fantasy heroism that we, I think, associate with this genre. Mm-hmm. But the presentational characteristics, the accompaniment rhythms, the instruments are just so Kirby and they're yeah. so Ishikawa. Uh, but to me, that's delightful. It's like getting another soundtrack because honestly, it's like the, the Super Nintendo Kirby games have a character where they're parts of it feel like a bit of a departure where it it feels like sort of the music um, is doing what it wants to. It isn't just being this sort of supplicant or servant of the the game. And I think that's one of the things, we don't talk about that a lot, but that's one of the things we love so much about old game music, that it isn't this sort of invisible actor that's totally subtle and just about the narrative, which, you know, nowadays you could argue that that's the wrong approach, that like media music's about, you know, being a servant to the piece. But the thing is, is it's like these games are made better by having such incredible music imaginative attached music. to them and i think there's just different different cultures different ideas about how music is meant to serve in art but i mean i think about like why is there such rich music in animated films and not often in live action movies anymore and i don't think there's like a good reason why i think it's just different cultures like people in animation tend to really like what music does to movies and they want they want yeah, I that can't sort of speak equal 50-50 how much this music fits the game i mean i haven't played either of these games uh, all i know is that as a as you know a piece of music and as a body of music I, I really like this stuff one thing i think is a really good recommendation if anyone wants to learn more about chord theory you should dissect some ishikawa compositions particularly the end of his forms when he's getting back to the loop point there's so many times when he will go on this really quick and exciting journey and a lot of times it's like using chains of major nine chords and major seven chords right in a very quick and surprising way but he's using the tempo to his advantage where if you slowed it down as a ballad, it would it would sound really weird. But the fact that these chords are firing at you and you might have like six different changes happening in like three seconds and then, you know, you, you do get back to the loop point, he kind of makes it work. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I really like this one. I Me too. I kind of think if, if we weren't aware of the Kirby series, we would just think like, oh, that's a really interesting sort of uh accompaniment style it's a it's like this is a this soundtrack has a particular aesthetic to it yeah but i think because the kirby music is so distinct and iconic and it's such a long-running series so it, it's musical choices have kind of been um enshrined more or less where it's like we're, yeah. we're just always going to think of it as kirby because that's still you know an ongoing series with those same musical choices being brought forth into the modern age so i kind of wonder what it would be like if we didn't have the context of kirby at all we definitely would say the word kirby a lot less than we are today um (laughs) i'm excited to move on to this next track i believe i brought this in 
in some sort of show and tell years ago. It's uh, the track that I'm the most familiar with. I It's one of my favorites, not surprisingly. I love this melody. This is Ancient Spaceship. This is good. You guys are listening to Ancient Spaceship. My love for Juni Shikawa and his music knows no bounds. Uh, it has everything I love about his music. I'm not surprised I picked this years ago to bring in. I'm sure back then I listened to all of Alkahest. And I think this is my favorite track from Alkahest, and I think it's my second favorite of the day. Yeah, it, it, it's that colorful sense of arrangement. Um, one of the things that they do in the Kirby series a lot, which is kind of... Uh, maintaining a similar rhythmic pattern but changing uh, the the instrument or the timbre. It's a great uh, technique in orchestration just in an acoustic sense of kind of like, uh, you know, sometimes when you're starting to write for orchestra, let's say, it can be very daunting. There's so many instruments. Do I need to have them all doing something at once? And a, a sort of simple way around that is because you don't want your music to get needlessly complex is to have a distinction between melody and harmony, but then maybe in the next section you keep the same pulse, but mm-hmm. what was once in the woodwinds is now in the strings, and what was once in the brass is now in the woodwinds, right. at least in, in generally speaking. It's a great way of varying timbre and giving different emotional character to sections, but still feeling like there's that through line, that it isn't, it isn't just a completely contrasting mood. You still have that heart This next track is super energetic and intense, and one of the things that made me laugh when I first heard it is it has a very fast, shredding, slap bass line. Uh, Part of it is just that choice of sample, because it's just that really fast, rocking, uh, you know, repeated bass line, but it's the slap bass sample, and it, it got me thinking that, like, I don't know if there is a slap bassist who would ever be able to perform that. I mean, maybe Victor Wooten could do this, but uh, that was just something that made me smile about this next track. Anyway, it's Alkahest, God of Death.
This bass sample channel is smoking. This is Alcahest God of Death. Uh, it is really interesting to hear Ishikawa-style music, and particularly how he approaches his arrangements. Very iconic and unique to him. With like more of like an RPG context, like thinking of a final battle in an RPG game, but still having that really fast tempo, that harmonized arpeggio yeah. arrangement that he so loves. It's really cool. I think it works very well. Yeah, this is awesome stuff. And it it's something that I so love about this era where um, you know, you start I think the initial impulse is we're going to use these samples to recreate music that we have an analog for in the real world. But what ended up happening is composers created an entirely new music where now it's like that's clearly a, an electric bass sample, but yeah. the line couldn't be less idiomatic for the actual bass. It's such an electronic part. It's so fast and busy, but it really does sound cool with that timbre. And I also love yeah. like that sort of slapback delay sound becomes part of the appealing uh, gesture of that instrument where you get yeah. that fast kind of clunky um, almost I mean this is a track sound. that if there's anyone who sometimes gets a little bit sick of the Kirby energy and just happy 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 up 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 you know so 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 fast and energetic all the time this is an interesting one because it has that same tempo and that same sense of rhythm uh, but there is something very different to this. Like this is a great RPG battle theme, but it's not necessarily uh, that similar to like Kirby battle music or just Kirby stage music. Yeah, that's a good point. It's kind of like it has the high energy thing, but it isn't necessarily happy. Uh, I also right. like just the the freedom of using sounds outside of their their idiom. You know, it's like this isn't idiomatic for electric bass, but. It doesn't Slap bass, particularly. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not being played by someone like that, and it's like having just, that kind of you know, delay he chose on the it bass because is also not very common. But it doesn't. It's percussive. Yeah, and I think it adds to the excitement, don't, wouldn't you say? Well, right, and he's sort of like when you're working on the Super Nintendo. It's similar to kind of like the the Genesis or the NES or anything where the the instruments are more like synth timbre. So yes, maybe a particular. Um, setting of uh, timbres and frequencies is is often used for a bass instrument, like the triangle on the NES, or um certain uh kind of like synth brass sounds or synth based FM tones on the Genesis. But there's no reason why you can't use them in a different context or a different yeah. register. Uh, and I think the limit that's is sort of really your imagination, here. and it yeah. really feels like Ishikawa doesn't have a limit on the Super well, Nintendo. Well, and the music is also so confident. It's not like being non-idiomatic could come across as amateurry, but in this yep. case, it's like it's such a solid composition. There's such a strong melody. There's such a strong form and harmonic sense, and it, there's just so much dazzling color happening at every moment. But that—that's sort of what I mean. Of like, it becomes a new genre it's that type of thing that it, to to actually like if we were going to perform this in the band we'd have to adapt a lot of things and maybe it's like marty wouldn't even play 
bass on like maybe he'd have to play like synth bass or maybe like one of us would have to do that on a keyboard and like add a lower octave bass part or something like because it it wouldn't translate to real instruments in a self-evident way it would honestly translate to like the orchestra better like you could give that fast line to like bassoons or something you know doing like fast or like even strings well it's cool we're going from probably the most energetic track, uh, and we're ending our day with a little bit of a come down. And these last two, we have this staff roll theme, and then we have our play out, which is called Light of the Guardians. Stick around for that. Both of them are kind of filmic, very beautiful, a uh, really great way to end this episode. So let's play staff roll from Alkahest. implementation on this love the panning very imaginative this is staff role from Alkahest and it's kind of a treat to hear Ishikawa going for this you know end of the road regal staff role quasi classical filmic sound uh, he can't help but inject his own sense of jazziness his unique style this this is a, a real delight this whole episode has been so fun I agree. Yeah, the, the chords here are just so beautiful. I, I, one of my favorite movements is where you kind of have a in major, where you the tonic major chord, and then the five uh, goes up and becomes a sharp five, and it's sort of like for a moment you have a tonic augmented chord, but it's great voice leading yep. moving to the four chord, but then it's like he does that great thing of then it becomes the minor four chord, so it's constantly flirting around that it's almost like the major version of like the bond kind of progression but that smooth chromatic voice leading that's why like my favorite chromatic note is the flat six because it's Mm -hmm. like in a major context it sounds like the sharp five it sounds augmented but in a minor context you know it it makes the four chord sound minor one chromatic tone to add to your scale that's that's probably the best one well yeah and it also can be like in the sound of a major three chord you know, mm-hmm. think about going from like C to E seven or something. You know, that's that's, true. A, that's a that's a great sound, but it's like also made a lot possible of borrowed chord of options. That same that. chromatic note. Well, guys, stick around for Light of the Guardians. It's also very beautiful, 
yeah, it's interesting to to kind of hear the subtle differences between Arcana and Alcast. Overall, I'll say that I was so surprised and impressed with how cohesive they both are. It kind of feels like one score, at least how we explored it today. Um, yeah, this was such a fun time. We want to thank our patron, Andrew, for this wonderful idea. We want to thank all of our patrons and all of our listeners for sticking with us. We love all you guys. Thanks for all the really nice emails and comments lately. We do read everything. Sometimes it takes a while to respond, but we appreciate everybody that we do uh all of you are basically like our family our internet (laughs) game music family and it just seems to expand and get bigger and bigger so yeah i i um i so enjoyed today's episode i I wish there would be more examples of things like this where we can take a composer that we think of in one context and explore a different side of their music or uh, a a, a soundtrack that maybe we're not as familiar with but hear some of the linkages i mean this is is a rare treat it reminds me of what something like Shin Onigashima is for Koji Kondo, where you hear yes, echoes absolutely. of Mario, you hear echoes of Zelda, but it's sort of its own thing, too. Oh, so good. Well, guys, enjoy Light of the Guardians. Um, hopefully some of you enjoyed, by the time this episode comes out, this past weekend was a cool event called VGM Together, uh, a virtual event. Uh, we also have a virtual VGM Con, which will be coming in April. So look forward to that. Um, I can't wait until we can actually go to cons IRL. <laughs> I'm really, really looking forward to that. And dude, can you imagine playing a show IRL? Doesn't that just sound like magic? It sounds like a dream come true. <laughs> I think the next like year of our life, once things return to normal, will be so known as like the the era of gratitude, the era <laughs> of like appreciating yeah things joy in life. <laughs> yeah well guys ap- appreciate this final track light of the guardians that's it my name is carl brugerman and i'm will brugerman have a great week everybody peace out <laughs>